Happy Tuesday. And uh, for those that are in Colorado, it's 60, I think 61 today. So uh, I, I'm actually liking the sun and the warmth. It's a good break. I do like the cold. But, uh, you know, Catherine and I are, are coming on because we want to talk about, you know, what we've been working on with the our collab cohorts now, right? We're calling them cohorts. Yep. And how, you know, we've had this discussion about transitions, but I want us to think about something. What if we planned for aging the way we do for retirement and what could that do just for our thought process? Yeah, it's, it's interesting, isn't it? Um, and one of our cohort members shared a financial planning, like the four pillars of, of retirement planning, not financial planning, retirement planning, which was really, really cool because those four pillars, one of them, guess what it is? Purpose, which is one of the things we talk about over and over in our collab cohort. <laughs> Purpose. That's that word keeps coming up again, doesn't it? It does. And and you know, in our collab cohort, we're we're at the point where we're talking about how do we narrow down the topics um, or the big topic, right? So right. our big topic in our cohort, and this is cohort number two. So really excited uh, to see these taking place. Um, this cohort is running through the end of March. There's still time to join. If you're interested, go to our website, reach out to us, and we can get you some info. The first week, what we did was just identify issues in transition. That's our topic for this one, transitioning into senior care. The hmm. second week, we started to really prioritize, and that was last week. So it was really about how how do we narrow down that long long list that we got in the identification brainstorming right purpose just was like the word that kept coming back how do we create purpose for the individuals that were were supporting here the older adults and that's i think what's important because i think we we know what I, when I was, you know, in my early twenties, you get a job, you start talking about your 401k or some type of retirement savings. Right. But no one talked about what, what do I want to do when I'm older or when I'm aging or my purpose, right? It was always this, get your retirement set up, figure out how you're going to do X, Y, and Z. But then it's kind of an afterthought of, Oh, I'm 60. I don't know. Do I want to retire when I'm 65 or I work till I'm 70. Right. Yeah. So there, there's this really interesting you know, dynamic, I guess, in my mom and dad's era. When my dad retired, my mom was, it drove her insane because for years she was the CEO of our household. She managed everything, right? Dad was at work. He, he, you know, was the, the um, money earner. She was the coupon cutter. She also had a, a part-time job for a period of time, but she, you know, went to five stores to get the lowest price on groceries. She managed all of our kids' lives. You know, there's four of us. Oh, wow. That's, okay, so that's not a, that's a busy household. Very busy household. So she was really the, the head of the household from that perspective. She made everything happen and run um, efficiently and effectively. Right. And my dad was gone half the time for his work. He traveled, so okay. he was gone a lot. So when he retired and he was home full time, there was no conversation about purpose. It was just, hey, dad's retired. Let's go travel. Let's whatever. And my mom's like, oh, my gosh, I have a life. I volunteer here. I do this work. I've, mm -hmm. I have bridge. I have friends. Right. And. I think that if you think about even in the process of retirement, when you retire, 
what do you want to do to fulfill whatever purpose you want to fulfill at that time? Is it to go vacation in other countries? Mm -hmm. Maybe that's a purpose. Um, Many, many, many people will start small businesses, like even handyman businesses or um, well, I don't know, whatever. Right. My, gran- my grandfather who ended up di- passing from dementia, he drove what he called the old people bus. So he literally would go around town uh, and pick up the old ladies. He called them and they loved him. Oh. And the funny part was he was good 10 to 16, 20 years older than everybody he was picking up, but he still, that was his mindset was, Hey, you know what? I'm, I'm active. I'm, I'm fun. I'm having fun. I'm socializing. He was a socializer. Like he would go play cards and, you know, but so when he worked, cause he did 23 years in the military another 25 for the postal service. So he, you know, that was his job, you know, for the government. So he had a really good retirement, but he still wanted to do more when he retired, you know, he still wanted to do something. Yeah. You don't want to become useless. Right. Ever. Nobody wants to be useless. That, that's part of the trouble that we're having in COVID. And I know people mm-hmm. already know this is people feel like they don't have a purpose if they, lost their job and can't go to work. I spoke with someone um, this morning who's a young person in her 30s. And she said, I'm just alone all day. 90% of my day, I am 100% alone. And I don't like that. And it's hard to have purpose when you're all by yourself. So she's creating, which is wonderful. Um, She's creating her own podcast. She needs a creative outlet. Cool. Yeah. So as we think about our our older adults, this is what they have been living. We're just getting a taste of it, right? Correct. Correct. So, uh, what, what can we be doing to? Do you, do you think we almost? Do you think we almost look at it too broad, though? Like, you know, because that's what I'm trying to get my dad, who's 63, to look at it much smaller. Like, Dad, you know, you don't need to figure out the next 10 years. What do you want to do in the next two or three? Because if we sit back and go. Oh man, what do I want to do in the next 40? Like, I mean, it can be overwhelming. Are we almost trying to bite off too much? I think you're right. I think you're right. And in the book Switch, they talk about how do you shrink the change? Yep. Um, Oh, I don't have the book here. Uh, It's on my bookshelf. But um, for those of you listening, grab the book Switch. If you're interested in making change, being a change maker, being part of a bigger change, movement, whether it's to feed, uh, there's no hungry people on the planet or no homeless people on the planet, or like us, you want to see a big transformation in the way that we all age, definitely check out that book. So that's a great point, um, Francis, about how do we shrink the change so they're not trying to bite off the next 40 years, but right. this is act two or act three, whatever. Um how do they want to be in this act? What fulfills them? Exactly. I, I love that sentiment, Kathy, um, because I was, um, I've been reading this book um, by Steven Schwartzman, what it takes. He's the founder of Blackstone. Um, and, you know, there was this really interesting point. Um, one of his people, Tony James that worked with him talked about the financial crash. And he, uh, this is a quote, lucky to have historical meltdown right now for all you newcomers in the industry. Because success breeds arrogance and complacency. You only learn from your mistakes and when the worst happens. Wow. So I wonder, I mean, I was read that. I was like, oh my God, that's like, yes, they were talking about the financial industry. That's fine. But we're in this COVID era. I mean, this is, I mean, right. I mean, this is nasty. Yeah. So what are we going to learn from this? And that's, you know, I, I think that's what I, 
I don't want to lose sight of. Like, yeah, we're in this unsettled time, but let's use this as an opportunity for growth. Yeah. And uh, that quote is powerful. So let's pull that quote out and put it yeah. in the notes for the show. That's, we'll do. We'll that's do. a powerful quote. And I'm seeing, I don't know about you, I'm, I'm curious. I'm seeing a lot of people in senior care lifting their heads up now because right. we're starting to see the vaccine. So they can actually take maybe a tiny breath. I won't say they get a big relief, but a tiny <laughs> breath to say, huh, um, we're gonna get a little bit of freedom here pretty soon. And what does that mean? How can we do better? So I'm I'm really optimistic that there's gonna be some big- Let me push back on you. Okay. Are we really gonna get freedom though? Because are we still relying on decision-making and the upstream work that got us into this place to begin with? Well, I think we are, but I, I guess part of that is I'm seeing that people are questioning that. Perfect. And, All right. I just want to, I just want to throw that out there Yeah. Um, because yeah. that's, I'm really tired of, you know, you know, oh, we just weren't prepared for this. We weren't prepared for this. I get it. We weren't, but who cares? Let's solve the challenge in front of us. I don't care whose fault it was. We're here or we didn't do right. Like we yeah. still have to work the work the problem. There is a solution here, um, yeah. whether it's visitations or how we engage or or how we retire or age. But it's just quit like this victims. I want to say victims mentality. I want to like kind of downplay it that much. But this idea that we just keep going back. Well, we weren't prepared. Well, no shit. Excuse me. No crap. We weren't prepared. Like, <laughs> hello, it's been eleven months. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and that's the difference. Is I think people really, really got it when the year changed. Yeah. It's like, okay, it's been a year. We that's not a reason anymore. It it's happening, but it's right. not a reason for us to continue this way. There are better ways, and there there are technology options, there are process options, there are system changes we can make. Um, I go back to, and I wholeheartedly believe this is not a people problem. I do no. think it's bad eggs, no. I do, um, right. but this is not holistically. It's not a people problem. It's a systems problem, and absolutely, yes, yeah. and that's that's what we're all so excited to see. And you and I get to speak at the Ohio Assisted Living Conference coming up in June. And this is something that we'll be talking about is right. really transforming the industry and, I, and shrinking yeah. the change. How do we shrink the change? So it doesn't feel like we have to take the Queen Mary. There used to be a thing. <laughs> you can't turn a, the Queen Mary on a dime. I don't know if that's right. a good thing. I might be yeah. old, but. You could use the Titanic, right? Can't turn the Titanic oh, on a dime. There you or go. Air or yeah. an aircraft carrier, you just want something big, right? Right, anything big, yes. Yeah. Um, so, you know, we're not trying to do that either. We're really trying to shrink the change. And it is truly, the butterfly effect is fully applicable yes. here. The small things, and let me give you an example. I was just on the phone with one of the members of cohort two for our mm -hmm. clubs. And she said, I have to thank you and Francis. And I didn't get her permission to say it on air. I didn't ask. Um, but uh, she said, I want to thank you and Francis for what you're doing, because the work that I'm doing has already been impacted by what we're talking about in the cohort. Wow. And the idea of the book Upstream, which she mm -hmm. did go by and she's reading, she said, I really used to think of everything in this really high level mm -hmm. and understanding now that 
we can start with the small things. Mm -hmm. We can start with just some daily conversations, some, some small thing and get people bought in. And then we begin to build that groundswell and make the change. Mm -hmm. um, and, and her words were, it's impacting so many people through me from you. So yeah. Wow. I, I feel really good about that. And, I do. and that's why I think going back to what you said is if you look at the, the people we've had in the cohorts, the two that we've done now, they're a very diverse group, right? Uh, of thought processes and people, but yet they all still have that same desire to improve. Yeah. And I think that's the hope that I have is it, that's why the system is the system. I'm not worried about the people because there are great, amazing people out there who just need, I, I would say that, that confidence that their voice will be heard, yeah. but not only that, will take that voice and turn into action. Yeah, I think that's that execution, that implementation, that is the key element of what is, in my eyes, the most critical step in what we want to do. Yep. Yes, and to partner in it, and uh, I love that we all sort of have our different opinions mm -hmm. and. I is because that's the only way we get real change right. is to hear each other's perspectives. Mm -hmm. So it's it's a very, very exciting cohort. Again, this one happens to be focused on transitioning into senior care. Mm -hmm. Our next cohort next quarter will be on death, dying, and dignity. We'll talk about the end-of-life process, hospice. So if you're interested in that, please go to our website or reach out to us. Yeah. And um, we haven't decided the fourth quarter yet, but we'll be making that decision pretty quickly here yeah. so that we can get that on the schedule. Um, it, it's a great way to get involved and be part of making a change. Right. Um, and I just really want to say thank you. I want a huge shout out to everyone who's participated in both of our cohorts because it, it takes something to show up every other week for 90 minutes and yep. participate in our on ongoing sort of online offline conversation and create something that takes something. You're, we're creating something from nothing based on ideas and a philosophy where we want to get to. And I think one of the biggest things that I that, that you bring to the table is this. We create this destination postcard, right? We, yeah. we really try to find out where we want to get to and then back our way into it, yeah. um, which I think is is going back to that small change, right? Is is these incremental steps are so important. And that's why, um, you know, I, I have the Wall Street Journal here in front of me. And I was looking at something. This kind of popped out as our discussion. Brands target older buyers. Like it, it, think of that as one of those incremental changes. It, it's, yeah. it's all of a sudden the companies develop product for those increasingly interested in aging well. Yes. So it is that incremental shift that we are starting to see that this idea of aging well and controlling how you age. Yeah. And that's what I really want people to take away from, you know, from both the cohort and what we're talking about now is you are in control. <laughs> Yeah. You're in control of your retirement. You're in control of how you want to set up your aging. And if aging today scares you and you don't like it, come join us because we want to change it too. And I don't know what that looks like because I don't think it has to be set in stone. I think aging can be for each individual person. We need to stop fitting people in boxes and acknowledge people aren't designed to be the same. Right. Right. So how can aging be the same? Yeah. It can be similar, but not the same. Yeah. I love it. I love it. And, yeah. and I'm super excited. 
Me this too. year is going to be a good year, I think, because because of this, there's going to be a lot of creation happening, and I get very excited. I'm very much about how do I create and build things. That's that's my sweet spot. Create right. build and grow, and and that's um, that's happening. And I yeah. loving seeing all the creativity that's coming forward. And we also want to, you know, any of anyone watching this either live or on replay, don't be afraid to to throw a question or a comment that you might not think is okay to say, because we want to hear those differing opinions or those challenging opinions, or even those moments of curiosity, because everybody needs a voice in this, whether you're young, you're, whether you're 10, 20, 80, 90, anywhere in between, because this is our lives. This is our impact and we can have a voice. And you, you just said it, this is our lives and it's our future too. Correct. We're building our future right, right. now. Right. And I mean, all of us collectively. Uh, agreed. Agreed. hundred percent. And that was because I, you know, I, I still get heartbroken, deeply heartbroken when I hear, you know, meet an older adult who is scared to continue to get older. Like that just breaks my heart. And I want to stop that mentality. And I don't, I don't fault them for it. I fault what systems we set up for them. Yeah, well, interestingly too, it it's our culture here. It's not that it's not the same culture in other countries. There are other countries that really revere their older adults and um, put them on True. a pedestal and and look for them to lead and guide. And so there's some cultural shifts that I think we'll see happening here in the United States. I do too, and I think we're going to get back to that understanding. Wisdom is important, not just knowledge. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's one thing I try to remind my dad who, uh, you know, I don't want him to retire yet. I tell him because I think, you know, all he would do is play golf, which isn't bad, but he's in Michigan. So he got a good chunk of the time. You can't really be playing golf. <laughs> so, um, but I also want him to keep his mind stimulated. Like golf is great for that, but I want him, you know, he likes to be challenged mentally. So that, and I think he'd drive my mom nuts if he stopped working quite frankly. I really yes. do. I don't <laughs> think she wants him home. She doesn't mind having you home a little bit more, but not all the time. Yeah, <laughs> so. yeah. I, and I totally get that. I, yeah. my husband, I come to my office every day because even now I would it would drive me insane to be twenty four seven with my husband, right. and right. I love him dearly. I'm it's, not saying you don't, but that's what I, you know. But that's what I'm saying is you have a philosophy of how you need to do your day, and so does my parents and every you know. So why do we stop that when we age? And that's what I'm trying to say is part of this planning process. Think about Maybe every five years you're reevaluating your aging plan, just like maybe you reevaluate your retirement plan or whatever it is. Yeah. Think of it as that book on the shelf. And I can't remember who said that, right? Yeah. Or, uh, is that Jamie? That's right. Yes. Yeah. But I think that's what I want us to get to is we have our aging book, we have our retirement book, and we pull them out and visit it every so often and make adjustments. Yeah. And I think people don't know what that plan could look like. They don't even know the options. So that'll be that'll be an outcome of one of our collab I agree. reports in the future. I have no I agree. doubt. I agree. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. And, and I think cool. What I want people to also with our cohorts, the idea is yes, they are maybe distinct or independent, but there is going to be some building upon each other because I think a lot of our aging process is intertwined and that our, I know one of your main focuses with serenity, Catherine is to break those silos. And I think that's a fair objective for all of us is it needs to be more intertwined into everyday life. 
Yeah, and I was telling you about a Washington Post article uh, that Jamie Sarchet, thank you, two shout outs to you, Ms. Yeah. Sarchet, one of our favorite people. Um, she posted on LinkedIn and, uh, and tagged me on it because it's so aligned with what I'm trying to do. The, the, the article isn't aligned, sort of it is. But anyway, it's an article that someone wrote about how to communicate with his father, who's 85 years old in a hospital, about his father's care. Not with his father, but about his father. Okay, so to the healthcare professionals. Yeah, and, and it just, it, this, this absolutely breaks my heart. This is where I get really passionate about what we do at Serenity. Um, the first thing on there was know when to call. Why does it become the family's responsibility right. to know when to call when there are perfectly acceptable options like a messaging, asynchronous messaging platform that's HIPAA compliant and private group channels that you could post whenever you want and they can reply when they can. Mm -hmm. You don't have to have all this emotional stress. And then know who to talk to was the second one. Know who knows what. No, let's let's give that information to the family and have it at their fingertips so they don't have to try to figure out who does what and who do I talk to. Wouldn't that be cool if there was an app that you could just put that in ahead of time so that they just open it up? Call me. Yeah. And, <laughs> and then the, the third one was, um, was around um, don't overwhelm the, the staff. I think that's an interesting perspective because we get that a lot at Serenity. People will say, well, if we do this, won't the family message us all the time? We can't handle that. And what happens in reality is no, they don't. Well, well, why would that, but why would that matter though? I mean, like, I guess that's the part that, that I mean, I yes, I'm, I'm staffed for it. They're not, they're not staffed for it, but I, I think that will change. But the reality is family family probably is questioning more now than they would if you had an app because mm. they have no insight. They have absolutely, you know, they struggle to get a hold of people in communities right now. And the the old um, just give us a call anytime you want to know actually doesn't work. It just doesn't. It goes to voicemail a lot. It goes to a receptionist who transfers it and you leave a voicemail there and right. calls you back or the wrong person calls you back. And it, it just doesn't it doesn't work. And mass emails, they don't work. Um, yeah. So anyway, I don't want to I guess I took a little bit of time to talk about one of my passions, which is communication. Um, so let's bring it back, because while that's part of our overall discussion, I think what we really want to leave people with is uh, we have a lot happening with these cohorts and our focus is really narrowing the focus, putting something into action and measuring it. Correct. We're about to spin up some studies from our first cohort to see that communication, that 14 day communication plan and how it's impacted things, because right. I suspect that it is impacting also um, turnover in our staff, because when staff is more involved, they're going to have more job satisfaction. So I'm excited to see what kind of results we get from those studies. If you're a community out there, by the way, listening to this, and you'd like to participate in this study. Yes, please reach out. Please. Reach out. Yes, please. Thank you. It's fantastic. And I, I think that, but it, let's, 
let's go back. Let's bring it back to this, you know, how you, you know, want to tackle your aging plan, how you want to age. And I think communication is important, whether it's with a spouse, with your kids, with yourself, even, yeah. I think it comes down to being honest about what we want today and what we want tomorrow. And, and I don't think there's any, there's not a right answer. And that's what I want people to understand. And why I think again, the, the groups and people that we have that we work with in these cohorts, it's, it's, it, it's a lot of differing perspectives, but it, it all comes from that same place. Yes. Uh, we can challenge what we think aging is today and make a system that is more dependable for the future. Well said. Well said. Come join us. Come join us and awesome. thank you. And we will see um, you all next Tuesday. Stay yes. tuned for our guests. We'll get an announcement out here in the next couple of days, but it's going to be a great one. So we want you to join us as we continue to you know, jump into the 2020 with a lot of excitement and enthusiasm. So I want everybody to have that hope, have that optimism, you know, let's stay positive as we continue to move through 2021.